our Bible reading this morning, let's turn to Isaiah chapter 55. Isaiah chapter 55, beginning at verse 1. Ho, everyone that thirsteth, come ye to the waters, and he that hath no money, come ye, buy and eat. Yea, come, buy wine and milk without money and without price. Wherefore do you spend money for that which is not bread, and your labor for that which satisfieth not? Hearken diligently unto me, and eat ye that which is good, and let your soul delight itself in fatness. Incline your ear, and come unto me. Hear, and your soul shall live. And I will make an everlasting covenant with you, even the sure mercies of David. Behold, I have given him for a witness to the people, a leader and commander to the people. Behold, thou shalt call a nation that thou knowest not, and nations that knew not thee shall run unto thee because of the Lord thy God, and of the Holy One of Israel, for he hath glorified thee. Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way, and the unrighteous man his thoughts, and let him return unto the Lord, and, to, and, <clears throat> and he will have mercy on him, and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain cometh down and the snow from heaven, and returneth not thither but watereth the earth, and bringeth it, maketh it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goeth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and I shall, it shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. For you shall go out with joy, and be led forth with peace. The mountains and the hills shall break forth before you into singing, and all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. Instead of the thorn shall come up the fir tree, and instead of the briar shall come up the myrtle tree, and it shall be to the Lord for a name, for an everlasting sign, that shall not be cut off. Reading Isaiah chapter 55. Praise the Lord. Turn with me to 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. I had in mind of starting a new series today as I'd finished the others. <clears throat> but I've been reading through the New Testament and I was in 1 Thessalonians and was reading there, and verse 8 of First Thessalonians 1, For from you sounded out the word of the Lord not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but also in every place your faith to Godward is spread abroad so that we not, need not to speak anything. And that expression your faith to Godward came home in power with my, to my soul, and I couldn't get away from it. Let us pray. 
my holy and righteous Father, as we wait in thy presence this morning. Our heart overflows with love toward thee. Thy grace has filled our soul with thy goodness. Thou hast given us faith to trust you and to walk with you. Thou hast come into our soul with thy power and with much assurance. Thou hast delivered us from going down to the pit. Thou hast continued to give us faith day by day to trust you. Thou hast given us that wonderful and marvelous fellowship with thee, that precious union and communion with thee. And we praise you and thank you for this. We thank you for the power of the, of the cleansing blood of our Lord Jesus Christ and that precious robe of righteousness in which you have clothed us, whereby we stand before thee justified from all things, that we could not be justified by the works of the law. And then, my Father, for you to give us that precious faith to trust you day by day and hour by hour, we praise you and thank you for this. And we, we look to thee this morning to have mercy upon us as we go into this gracious subject of faith. Lord, be with our hearts. We've come here wholly and completely depending upon thee. That you have a word for our hearts. And that you will fill us with thy spirit and overflow us with thy love and grace. And that thy word will go home in power and much assurance to our hearts. So cleanse us from every sin this morning, especially the one that does so easily beset us. We confess it unto thee. And ask, my Father, that thy spirit will fill us and overflow us and work in each and every heart. We do pray for the sick in our midst. May thy healing hand rest upon Miss Mildred. Our Father, bring her back to us. We do pray that thou wilt have mercy upon her and comfort her heart today. Heal her body for thy glory is our prayer. Thank you for all you've done for us in the past week. For all you've done here in this assembly. We praise your name for it. And we look to thee to lead us and guide us. And we'll give thee the praise and honor and glory. For it is in Christ's name that we ask. Amen. This is not the only place in the first epistle to the Thessalonians that the Apostle Paul talks about your faith. Five times in the third chapter, go there with me. He mentions it, he said in verse 2, And I sent Timotheus, our brother and minister of God and our fellow laborer in the gospel of Christ, to establish you and to comfort you concerning your faith. And then he says in verse 5, For this cause, when I could no longer forbear, I sent to know about your faith. Verse 6, Now when Timotheus came <clears throat> from you unto us and brought unto us good tidings of your faith and love, and that you have good remembrance of us always, desiring greatly to see us, we praise him, we, we, as we also do you. And in verse 7, Therefore, brethren, we were comforted over you in our affliction and distress by your faith. And then in verse 10, 
night and day praying exceedingly that, that we might see your face and might perfect that which is lacking in your faith. He continues to call it their faith, the faith that God had given them by the Holy Spirit as that that gift of grace to their souls. But he was concerned about their faith. And in verse 3 of chapter 1, he says, verse 2, we give thanks to God always for you, making mention of you in our prayers, remembering without ceasing your work of faith and the labor of love and patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ in the sight of God and our Father, knowing, brethren, beloved, your election of God. The thing that laid hold of my heart was this. Their faith Godward. Their faith went out unto the living God. And as we have explained faith to you many a time, faith has three ingredients. A felt need, a going out of ourselves, and going to Christ. And their faith was going Godward, was going out of themselves, and it was going to God in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. And he mentions it over and over, for he had told us in Romans, and he told us in Galatians, and he told us in Hebrews, he said, the just shall live by faith. And that's what I want to speak to you about this morning, the life of faith, your faith in God, your faith Godward. What kind of faith is it? For we, we find and when we read Hebrews 11:6, but without faith it is impossible to please God. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. In another place he says, that that which is not a faith is sin. Let that one sink down into your heart and mind. I tried to ponder that when, earlier this morning. That which is not a faith is sin. And so we must constantly be believing him and trusting him because he does not want unbelief. He wants his children, he wants his people to walk in faith because faith worketh by love and his love has been shed abroad in our hearts for the Holy Spirit has been given unto us and if he has loved us and that love has been shed abroad in our hearts for the Holy Spirit then certainly we should trust him we should believe him and we should walk in the light of the promises of his precious word in all the, the things of his precious word. And as you go through the word of God, you'll find out how precious faith is. He talks in 1 Peter 2.7 about that precious faith, that faith that is given to us. And in another place he says, by faith that we are saved. By grace you are saved through faith, and that not of yourselves it is the gift of God. Not of works lest any man should boast. In other words, I would desire by the grace of God that each and every one of us this morning would know and understand the importance of faith in our life. The faith of God's elect. 
the faith of the Son of God, the faith that he gives us to trust him with, and that in all things we would walk by faith, we would live by faith, we would work by faith, and we would wait upon him by faith, believe in him and trust in him, for <clears throat> faith is that ingredient that ties us to the living God. Faith is that invisible cord that runs from our souls to the living God in glory. We do not see it, but we know it has its effect as faith lays hold of the living God. Then if we are saved by faith through grace, then certainly by faith we are justified before God. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And if we are justified by faith, then the work of the Lord Jesus Christ is by faith. For he says, by faith in his, by faith in the redemptive work of Christ, that is, by faith in his shed blood, that we are counted or reckoned righteous before God, even as David also describeth the blessedness of the man to whom God imputeth righteousness without works. So we, saved by faith, justified by faith, redeemed by faith, and that faith lays hold of Christ and all his redemptive work. And the righteousness of Christ is imputed to us without works, by faith, as we lay hold of him. For what saith the scripture? Abraham believed God and was counted unto him for righteousness. Abraham had faith in God, and God counted that faith unto him for righteousness. And that sixth verse we just quoted, even as David also described it, the blessedness of the man unto whom God imputeth righteousness without works. And then go back to the third chapter of Romans. Again we run into the word faith continuously, beginning with verse 22. Even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ unto all, and upon all them that believe, for there is no difference. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, being justified freely by his grace, through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God has set forth to be a propitiation. How? Through faith in his blood to declare his righteousness through the remission of sins that are passed through the forbearance of God. So we are saved by faith. We are justified by faith. We are redeemed by faith because of the, of the, of the imputed righteousness of Christ, because of the propitiation work of Christ, and God declares us righteous because the blood has been shed. The substitute has taken our place. Christ was made sin for us who do no sin. We might be made the righteousness of God in him. And so, saved by faith and justified by faith and redeemed by faith. And then that precious verse of scripture in Ephesians 3.17, by faith Christ dwells in the heart of the believer. By faith we know, by faith I know that Christ dwells in my heart this morning. 
It dwells in my being. My heart, my body, my spirit, soul, and body are his. Redeemed by his blood, the Holy Spirit indwells me as the temple of God and Christ, who is the very image of God and the fullness of the Godhead bodily, dwells in me, dwells in the heart and life of every individual. And so we are saved by faith, we are justified by faith, we are redeemed by faith, and faith, then by faith Christ dwells in our heart. But not only that, after he's done all of that for us, he tells us in Romans 1.17, by faith we live in Christ. For he said, the just shall live by faith. It's not a one-time thing that God gives us faith to trust him for salvation and saves us and then goes off and leaves us to, to do for ourselves. Oh, no. He continues to give us that faith for the just shall live by faith. And whose faith is it? Paul said in Galatians 2.20, I was crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the, in the flesh, I live how? By the faith of the Son of God, who loves me and gave himself for me. So the just shall live by faith. It's the faith of the Son of God that's been given to us. I wasn't home three hours. And I was back answering the phone again. Thursday night. About eight o'clock, I get a call from a man who's having trouble with the flesh, the world, and the devil. We get these kind of calls all the time. Brother Michael had one yesterday while we were opening the mail. And what are we going to tell them? Where are we going to point them? How are we going to tell them to overcome? Yesterday morning, I had two more calls. Identically the same thing. They were battling with sin and the flesh and the devil. And they wanted to overcome where do we point them? Well, he tells us in 1 John 5, 4, by faith we overcome the world. It's by faith in Christ. It's by faith in his blood. It's by faith in his work within us that we overcome the flesh, the world, and the devil. How are we, over, we going to overcome but that we come with the promises of God. There's not a person in the world that has wore out Romans 6.14 more than I have. And Romans 6.14 says, Sin shall not have dominion over you, for you're not under the law of condemnation, but you're under grace. I come with that one all the time. Faith lays hold of it that <clears throat> sin shall not have dominion over it. What do we do? as believers, when sin comes and Satan comes and the world begins to entice us again with all of its allurements, by faith we overcome the world. By faith we see him who is invisible, who's going to give us far greater than all that the world could possibly give us. 
For eye hath not seen, and ear hath not heard, and neither hath it entered in the heart of man the things that God has prepared for those that love him. And brethren, this continues to go on. By faith we overcome the world. What else? It is by faith that we look unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. It's amazing. It's by faith that we look unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. So faith is everywhere in the Bible. Not only that, but by faith we walk by faith and not by sight. Paul said in 2 Corinthians 5, 7, I live and walk by faith and not by sight. God does not you, are, you, are, you, are you listening? I want you to hear this. Hear me. God never gives his child the privilege of walking by sight. He gives him the privilege of walking by faith. Trusting the Lord and faith stands for that until the thing comes to pass. And faith goes against all reasoning and that which seems to be nonsense to the world is a reality to the children of God. When God told Abraham to go and offer his son upon Mount Moriah, the scripture says that he went in obedience to do it, believing the promise of God, that God said, In Isaac shall thy seed be. And I know that he went those three days' journey with this one thought in his mind. I will obey you. I will kill him, but you're going to have to raise him from the dead because you said that in Isaac all thy seed shall be. And Hebrews 11 tells us, beginning at verse 17, that he received him as one brought back from the dead. And there's a beautiful picture there in, in uh, Genesis 24. We never see Isaac again after the altar of 20, chapter 22, we never see Isaac again until we see him coming with his bride, Rebecca. Resurrection, the second coming of Christ. And faith, he, he believed him. It. It, it, the, to the world, it's nonsense to walk by faith. But I'll tell you, beloved, from this wall, for nearly 300 feet, to the other end of this block, all of this at one time, with everything in it, was faith. And now it's all sight. The world said it could not be done. And God said that it could be done. Trust me. And here it is, by the grace of God. And as I told you about the bobby pin opening the door, that was a great and mighty thing at that particular hour and moment. I believe God has in store for us great and mighty things that we know it's not that he's yet to do by, the, by his grace if we trust him and walk with him and stay humble at his feet. I don't know. I just wanted to come up. I just, my, my heart has been greatly, been greatly blessed these past weeks, and especially with that broadcaster. In our four days I spent with it editing my rough draft that I took with me of all the articles and the faithfulness of God, and how he wants us to trust him. 
And that's why he laid this on my heart this morning, to come to you with this, that this is what he wants us to do, is to walk with him and to trust him in all things. And therefore, since faith worketh by love, then, beloved, we are in the, we're, we're on the right track. Because that love of God is shed abroad in our heart. And we know that he's not going to put us to shame. He will never put us to shame. He can't put us to shame. It is his promise and his word that he's given us. Now we come to the definition of faith. What is it which we must live by? Hebrews 11.1 1 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith is the assurance. Faith is the confirmation, the title deed of the things we hope for, being the proof of the things we do not see as of yet, but we have that conviction within our souls of the reality of it, and faith stands for that which we do not see with our senses now, but shall be brought to pass. Faith stands there, believing God against every obstacle and everything that comes against us. Faith stands there knowing that God cannot lie and God will bring to pass that which he laid upon our heart. Or we could say that faith gives substance to the sure testimony of God. In other words, faith rests upon his promises. Faith rests upon the promises expecting them to be accomplished. He doesn't want unbelief. Faith rests upon his promises expecting that they will be accomplished. They will be brought to pass. Delight thyself in the Lord. And what, about, what else does it say? He shall give thee what? The desires of thine heart according to his will. So if we delight ourselves in the Lord and we walk by faith and we trust him with that God-given faith for the Holy Spirit who indwells us, then delight thyself in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. And what are the desires of the believer's heart? What did you say? Desires of Christ. The desires to be like Christ. The desire to be more like him in everything. That's our desire. So we can't go wrong. He'll give us the desires of our heart to be like him. And therefore, we are satisfied that he's going to bring to pass that which he spoke. Now go back with me to the fourth chapter of Romans, of Romans, and I want to give you a prime example of this. I always love to come here and read. Let me read it to you, beginning with verse 18 of Romans 4, to give you an example. Talking about Abraham, who against hope believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations, according to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead, when he was about a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb, 
He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. Now watch these words. And being fully persuaded, that's faith, that what God had promised, God was able also to perform. If you go back to the first verses of Genesis 18, and you'll find there that the Lord God of glory came down himself with two angels. He talked to Abraham. And he told Abraham, he said, this time next year, Sarah will bear you a child. And Sarah was past the age of bearing children. And Abraham himself could not have children or give children. He was important. But, he said, in Isaac shall thy seed be. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. He had the true word of God before him, being fully persuaded that what God had promised, he was able also to perform. And beloved, it was not a one-way street. In the 11th chapter of Hebrews, we find in the 11th verse these words concerning Sarah. Listen. Through faith, also Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed and was delivered of a child when she was past age because she judged him faithful who had promised. That is our hope. We judge him faithful who has promised. He is faithful to carry out his word. And while Abraham was staggering not at the promise of God to unbelief, he was not looking at the deadness of Sarah's womb or his own deadness, but he was looking to God who had given him his word that this time next year, Sarah shall bear you a child. And through all of this, Sarah herself believed God's word that he would give her grace <clears throat> or strength to conceive seed and was delivered of a child when she was past age because she judged him faithful who had promised. Beloved, that's the way God desires for us to live. Believe in his word, trust in him, and walk in with him day by day. Now, what I'd like to do, and if you want to turn with me in your Bible, I want to go to the Psalms briefly, and I want to show you what the psalmist cried for and prayed for, and what God wants us to pray for as we, we, as we come to him by faith. Go to Psalms 18, verses 1 through 3. I want you to notice there that faith sees in God all things. I will love thee, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock. The Lord is my fortress. The Lord is my deliverer. The Lord is my God. 
The Lord is my strength in whom, in whom I trust. God is my buckler or my shield. God is the horn of my salvation. He pours out everything to me. The Lord is my high tower. He watches out for me. I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from mine enemies, sin, day by day. Faith goes there and reads this and says, God is all things to me. And so I trust him. My rock on whom I stand. The fortress built around me that the enemy cannot come in and do his work. He can shoot his arrows, but he can't hit the vital part of the soul and the spirit. He is our deliverer. He delivers us day by day. Where would I be this morning except for the constant daily deliverance of my living God? Where do I go for strength? Where do I go for, sh for the shield to ward off the fiery darts of the wicked one? Where do I go for all of the blessings of salvation, the horn of salvation, all of the, of the things that come from my living God? Where do I go for the one that watches out over me, my high tower, who's looking and seeing where I ought to be led? So I will call upon the Lord, who is worthy to be praised, so shall I be saved from my enemies. So faith sees in God all things. So faith calls us to, faith also calls us, tells us to call upon the name of the Lord. Go to Psalm 25. Look at verse 1. Unto thee, O Lord, do I lift up my soul. Who do we come to? Unto thee, O Lord. Unto thee, O Lord, do I lift up my soul. So what do we ask for? Verse 5. Well, we, we could start with verse 4. What do we ask for? Show me thy ways, O Lord. Teach me thy path. This is faith asking in faith. Again in verse 5, lead me in thy truth and teach me, for thou art the God of my salvation. On thee do I wait all the day. Then again, Lord, remember not the sins of my youth, verse 7, nor my transgression. According to the, the, thy mercy, remember thou me for thy goodness sake, O Lord. The meek will he guide in judgment, and the meek will he teach his way. And in verse 10, all the paths of the Lord are mercy and truth unto such as keep his covenant and his testimony. Verse 14, the secret of the Lord or the friendship of the Lord is with them that fear him, and he will show them his covenant. In other words, as we come to him by faith, calling upon his name for all of these things day by day. you know what this tells me? This tells me that a believer's life should constantly be a life of faith. A life in constant communion <clears throat> with the living God. Our hearts going up and out unto him. Everything taking, taking it all to him. And then... Then go to, go to 
Psalm 32. Well, I skipped over. Verse, uh, Psalm 27. Look at verse, uh, 1. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Verse 5, for in the time of trouble he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me, and he shall set me up upon a rock. Verse 6, and now shall mine head be lifted up above mine enemies round about me. Therefore will I offer in his tabernacle sacrifices of joy. I will sing, yea, I will sing praises unto the Lord. And then I love that, I love that song. Tenth verse, when my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will take me up. Faith in the living God for him to undertake for us. I ask you a question. Can you tell me of anything that the world has to offer that was is greater than the fact that the Lord of glory is my light and my salvation? Of whom shall I fear? Supposing we had the things of the world. We were in Naples for nearly three weeks. The fastest growing city in the United States. The rich people go there. We were in a trailer. But it was beautiful. Real estate must be the booming thing. Houses going for two and four and six and eight and ten million dollars. Okay, suppose I had that house that was advertised for nine million and a guy bought it. Had, I can't remember the rooms it had in it. I do remember it had nine baths in it. And, and you name it, you could, whatever you could think of would be in a house that was there. What good is that house to me if I lay on a bed sick unto death and I do not know God and I'm fixing to go out and meet my maker? What is that going to do? As I tell you, we came back to Orlando, the amusement center of the whole wide world. Everything you can think of there, appeasing to the feeling to the flesh, is in that city, around about that city. Supposing I had it all. And I could go from morning to night, and night to morning, every day of the week, and every <clears throat> month of the year, fulfilling all the, the joys of the flesh and the mind, and taking in all of that. What is that compared to having God as my light? God is my help. God is my hope. God is my salvation. God is my deliverer. God is my all in all. And to walk by faith. When you go to the 16th chapter of Luke, whose place would you rather be in? Dives or Lazarus? Whose place would you rather be? Dives had all the gold and silver and honor and the houses and the clothes and everything you could think of it. And Lazarus was laid at his, at his gate full of sores every day waiting 
for somebody to give him something to eat. And what saith the scripture? And Dives, the rich man, died, and in hell he lifted up his eyes, being in torment. And Lazarus, the poor man, died, and the angels came and carried him into the bosom of Abraham, picturing heaven and the glory of God. Whose place would you rather be in? What did all of that do him? No good. He couldn't even get one drop of water for his tongue. Beloved, God wants us to walk by faith. In whatever circumstance we are in, <clears throat> he, he, will, he will bring to pass that which he has spoken unto us. I've got a lot here and I can't cover them all out. We won't go home this morning. But i got to give you one more out of Psalm. And there's a thousand there. <clears throat> but my favorite from Psalm 61 too is this. And this is one I plead all the time. From the end of the earth will I cry unto thee. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. Praise God, I have a, I have a hiding place. And y'all could not count, all of us together this morning, could not count how many times I have pled that verse of Scripture to God. From the ends of the earth will I cry unto thee. When my heart is overwhelmed within me, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. Let me know that underneath of thine everlasting arms, let me know that you're praying for me. Let you know, let me know your, again of your great love for me. Let me know again that you've clothed me in your righteousness and I stand justified before you. Let me know again that I'm your child. And I'm a an heir of God and a joint heir with the Lord Jesus Christ. See, all of this is by faith. And we come to him from the ends of the earth will we cry unto thee when our heart is overwhelmed within us. Lead us to the rock that is higher than I. And of course, when I'm speaking faith, I could never leave out I could never leave out Isaiah 54. Because this has been for the last 20, nearly 30 years, verses 2, 3, and 4 of Isaiah 54, every time God has the Sodom and Gomorrah living right in it and getting deeper into it all the time. But beloved, what overcomes all of this? What overcomes the world? Our faith. Why can't we believe God for a revival before he comes back? Why can't we? Would you in your heart, by the grace of God this morning, resolve by the grace of God that you're going to pray with me? That God would come down again in power and mercy as he did in times past, and that judgment would yet not fall, but mercy would come, and it would be showers of blessings from the presence of the Lord. Why not? Look at that promise, what he says. Behold, thou shalt call a nation that thou knowest not, and nations that knew not thee shall run unto thee, because of the Lord thy God, and for the Holy One of Israel, for he hath glorified thee. Let's, let's, let's ask him. 
Brethren, there's nothing too hard for the Lord. The future is just as bright as the promises of God. He wants us to trust Him. And I'm here by the grace of God this morning as your pastor, as your leader, where God has put us to encourage your heart this morning. Forward in the sense of the Lord. Forward by grace. Forward in faith. Trusting Him. Able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think. I never will forget the park after night in Litchfield, Minnesota, where we lived for nine years before we came here. I walked that park many and many a night. They just closed it, closed it down, the whole city down at nine o'clock. Nobody would bother me. I just said I could just talk to my Lord out loud, and those trees heard my voice. And God heard my voice, and I never forget one night I walked in and around that park, in and around that park for two hours. And I prayed for everybody I knew in the whole United States. I even came to Pensacola and prayed for Donna, and she didn't know it. That's facts. And the whole family, Donna. I prayed for everybody I knew in Michigan. Everywhere you could think of. I asked God for everything that would come to my mind. You know, after two hours, I stopped in my tracks. And that promise came to me. Ephesians 3.20. That God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think for the power that works in us. And I literally looked up to heaven and I said, Father, I prayed and asked you for two hours. But you're able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that I have thought or asked tonight. That's the God we serve, beloved. And I want to point you to him. And I want your faith to be renewed in him this morning. And I want to call upon you by the grace of God to seek his faith. And to pray that he will have mercy by his almighty power. And let us please, Job, Job cries, Lord, though you slay me, yet will I trust you. Peter cried when he was on the waters, Lord, help me or I perish. And God heard him. One I love to go to, and this belongs to Brother Rob and I, Second Chronicles 20. Jehoshaphat faced with the facts of these armies coming against us, and he coming against him, and he says, Oh, our God, we have no might against this great company that cometh against us. Neither know we what to do, but our eyes are upon thee. And so the prophet comes and said, King, you need not fight in this battle because the battle is the Lord. And all that, you know what they did? Read it. All of the singers went forth. All of those who blew the horns and played on the high cymbals went forth. And they went forth to meet this army. Doing what? Praising the Lord. That's what they did. Went forth praising the Lord. And God gave them the victory. That day, he undertook for them. Will you not do the same thing for us? He's the same God. Your faith. And then... 
I would like to apply all of this this morning by, by, by asking and telling you these things. Talking about your faith. Did you know that true faith has brothers and sisters? Think with me now. True faith has brothers and sisters. James tells us that faith without works is dead. It's no faith at all. So when you come to the Word of God, I find many brothers and many sisters that is born at the same time true faith is born. Can I ask you a question? How many brothers and sisters does your faith have? Answer me. Do you have a brother by the name of holiness? True faith does. Has a brother by the name of holiness. Do you have a sister by the name of love? Faith worketh by love. Do you have a brother by the name of godliness? The godliness of God. He teaches us godliness. Do you have a sister by the name of grace? In the flesh you made, I'm asking you in the faith, do you have a sister by the name of grace? Do you have a sister by the name of kindness? All of these, is, is, is I, I could spend the rest of the time on any one of these. But I just want to bring them before you and ask you these things this morning. Does your faith have brothers and sisters? Do you have a brother by the name of long-suffering? Do you have a brother by the name of hatred for sin? Do you have a brother that has the name of lovers of fellowship with the people of God? Do you have a sister named love for the people of God? Do you have a brother by the name of repentance? Do you have a brother by the name of longing to see the furtherance of the kingdom of God? Do you have some of these brothers and sisters with your faith, or is your faith an only child? If it is an only child, then God is not the father of it. Because born at the same time with faith are all these other brothers and sisters. You talk about twin triplets and highway, you can go up on high. All of them are born at the same time because the Spirit of God is in us. And so faith grows and faith develops and that's what we should cry to God for <clears throat> that these brothers and sisters would grow with their brother faith and that we would praise God and walk with him because God is the author of true faith he gives it to us continually Christ is the object of true faith and it's to Christ that we come by the indwelling Holy Spirit by faith that he might look upon us and work in us by his almighty power and by his almighty grace.
Do you do you desire the word of God? Do you desire prayer? Do you desire for that faith to be strengthened? Do you cry to be strengthened with might by the Spirit in the inner man? Ephesians 3.15 Do you? I pray this morning that God in His, in his mercy He's been in our midst because I know He's been in my heart. And I pray that He will take all of these things home to our hearts remembering that we have a faithful God. For there is no testing or temptation or trial that comes upon us. But it's common to all men. But God is faithful. And then he'll not put on us any more than we we're able to bear. For he will with the testing, the trial, the temptation, make a way of escape that we may be able to bear it. Now, what keeps this faith alive? If coming where we are this morning to the table, and our dear brother is going to have a word for us about that when he comes. When we come to the table, as we're going to come in a little while, why are we coming to the table? To remember his death. Well, he comes again. What keeps us going? It's the love of God that is brought in our hearts. What keeps us going? It's the fountain of cleansing to which we can come to be cleansed daily. He is, if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He wants us to come to Him and trust Him. What keeps it alive? Beloved, beloved, are you listening to me? Pray that Christ will be set before your heart and mind forever. Thou shalt keep him in perfect peace. Are you listening to me? Isaiah 26.3 Thou shalt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on Peter would still be walking on water if he had kept his eye upon Christ. And so will we. Faith looks to him. Not to our works. Not to anything of us at all. But to Christ alone. He is the one. He wants us to come to him. And to trust him. Will he put us to shame? Though he slays us, yet will we trust him. And all of this is of the Lord that he gives us life. Well, I've poured out my heart this morning to you and what God laid on my heart. And I pray that he'll take it home and use it for his glory and bring us closer to him. That faith, the faith of God's elect, the faith of the Lord Jesus Christ, grow in our hearts and lives. For it will be said of us, as it was said of that Syrophoenician woman, when she came and went through three, four obstacles. First of all, she had to overcome the disciples who said, Lord, send her away. She cried that. 
Then she had to come overcome the doctrine of election for he, the Lord had said, but I am not sent but to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And she had to come over the fact that the first time he spoke, she spoke to him, he wouldn't even answer, wouldn't say nothing. Then he, when she kept pressing in, he called her a little doll. And he said, but she said, Master, don't the little dogs get the crumbs that fall from the master's table? That's all I came for. And he said, Daughter, I have never seen such faith in all Israel. Beloved, may it be said of you and I about those in Thessalonica, their faith went godless. And that faith that they had was noised about through all the churches of how they trusted God and looked to Him and what the God was and what that was. 